scripture is clear that as a Christian, you and I are to live by the Spirit. We're to surrender our lives every moment of every day according to God's leading in our lives through the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now we do that by first of all saying no to the constant cravings of our sinful flesh and saying yes to the lordship and leadership of God in every aspect of our heart and mind every moment of every day. This requires a drastic change in our thinking. How do we do that? Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry, and this is episode 70. In this week's episode, we're taking a look at Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This week's episode, Be Transformed. We see in Romans 12, verse 2, that God commands us to not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but rather we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let's take a moment and think about the verb to conform. Be not conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. It's a word that conveys the idea of putting on a mask. And you're putting on the mask so that you can appear to those around you as being something or someone different, something or someone that you're not. When a Christian conforms to the pattern of this world, they're adjusting their behavior to imitate the traits or the features that are characteristic of the unsafe people around them. Now, I've got a question for you. I want you to think with me about this. Why would any Christian ever want to do that? Why would I want to put on a mask and pretend to be something or someone that I'm not? Let's face it. It's hard at times to be a Christian. Am I right? Whether in the workplace, at school, in the neighborhood, even around family, the unsaved can be harsh and cruel. You know, one tactic of our enemy is to get you to believe that you need to somehow act like the world around you so that you can fit in with them. He, he wants you to believe and feel that it's a whole lot easier to put on the mask when you're around the unsaved and act like they do, talk like they do, laugh at the things they laugh at, all so that you don't come under the attack for your beliefs. Or, or, or even so that somehow you'll be able to win them over and they'll accept your Christian witness better. Well, God strictly commands us to not conform to the pattern of this world, Romans 12, 2. We aren't to do the things that the world does. That phrase, now, now listen to this, watch this now. The phrase, be not conformed in Romans 12, 2, is written in what's called the present tense. Now, if you've been a follower of this podcast, then you know that we've talked about that present tense many different times. The present tense simply means that the action being described, in this case, not conforming to the world around us, not putting on a mask, not pretending to be something or someone you're not, not conforming to the world is taking place right now, present tense, right now, right now. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. It doesn't stop. It's present tense. The action of not conforming, not putting on a mask, never ends. It never takes a break. So what does that mean for you and I? We're not to conform to the world's pattern. Not now. Not 10 minutes from now. 
not three hours from now, not when we're at work, not when we're out with our friends, not today, not tomorrow, not next week, certainly not when the going is tough. In other words, never. We are never to conform to the pattern of this world. We're never to try to be like, act like, look like, sound like, or live like the world around us. Why do we tend to do that? Well, it's more than just because I want to fit in. It's because King Me is sitting on the throne of my heart. I do what I do because in my heart I want what I want. When you willfully choose to do the things that the unsaved do, to act the way they act, when you choose to talk the way they talk, when you choose to live the way they live, you're doing so for the self-centered purpose of gaining man's approval. Ultimately, that means we're really trying to please who? Not God. Self. King me. I, I, I need to be happy. I want. I desire. I deserve. I have to have. I can't live without. It's all about me. I mean, after all, if I can get you to like me, if I can get others to accept me, if I can get people to approve of me, well, then I can feel good about myself. Wrong motivation. Paul asks the question in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Am I trying to please men? Paul then goes on to say in that verse, If I'm trying to please men, I cannot be a servant of Christ. Or as Jesus put it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, I can't serve two masters. Either I'm going to love the one and hate the other, or I'm going to be devoted to the one and despise the other. I can't serve both. Our aim, as we live as followers of Christ in this world, must not be to please men. It must be to please God. So how are you doing with that? Is it your goal in life to please God? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10 commands us to find out what pleases the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 challenges us to make it our goal to please God. So again, I ask, how are you doing with that? Listen, I, I understand this. I am not asking if it's your desire to please God. I'm not asking if you want to please God. I'm definitely not asking if you ought to please God. I'm asking, is it your goal? Is it your primary purpose in life? Is it your central focus each and every moment of each and every day? Are you, as Philippians 3.14 says, pressing on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus? What's your motivation? Don't forget that God knows what your real motivation are for the things that you say and the things that you do. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 reminds us that God is daily testing your heart. Remember, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at your heart. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. So as God looks at your heart, as he's seeing it right now, what does he see? What's the motivation driving your attitude, your demeanor, your choices, your behavior, your words, your actions? Let me take it a step further. Because God can and does see your heart, and his purpose in your life is to refine you to become more and more like Christ through the Holy Spirit and, and through the scriptures, 
God convicts you. He prompts you to choose those things that bring him glory. Now, again, it's a choice, but he's going to stir you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to urge you towards making the right choice. Those things, now now watch this, those things that bring him glory also bring us delight. Those things that bring him glory brings us a sense of peace, joy, hope, confidence in him. All in all, it's for our good that he sees every nook and every cranny of your heart. It's for our good. It's for our blessing. It's for uh, us growing in our walk and relationship with him, becoming more like Christ, that he reveals those things that are hidden in our heart. And he tests it. Because his desire for you is always and only for your good. So why? Why would we ever want to conform to something that doesn't have our eternal good at heart? Oh, my friend, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't put on a mask and pretend to be what you're not just so that you can enjoy life, which ultimately isn't really enjoyable at all if you think about it, especially once you've truly tasted the goodness of God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 commands us to be imitators of God as dearly loved children. How you doing with that? As a child of God who is loved dearly, you and I should desire to be obedient. And as 1 Peter, 4, uh, 1 Peter 1 verses 14 through 16 tells us, not con- we're, we're not to conform to the evil desires we once had when we lived in ignorance. But as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. Now I want you to think about that verse, those verses. I want you to think about what we just read. He who has called you is holy. All right, let's park there for a moment. Think with me about that. What does it mean to say God is holy? God is sinless. God is pure. But the verse goes on to say, as he who has called you is holy, so you be holy in all that you do. Now, again, if you've been following our podcast for any length of time, then you probably picked up on that little word, all. Because all means what? Yeah, all means all, and that's all all means. So because just as he who has called you is holy, he's pure, he's sinless, so you and I are to be holy in all that we do, because it is written, be holy, because I am holy. Be pure. Be without sin, because that's who God is. Now, now, hold on for a moment. Is it really possible for me to be holy, even as he is holy? I want to submit that though the enemy wants you to believe the answer is no, the answer is actually yes. And here's why I say that. This is written in a command. As he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because, excuse me, it is written, be holy, because I am holy. That's a command. And again, I've shared this with you before. God will never command you to do something that is impossible for you to do. He'd be setting you up to sin. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 16 tells us God won't do that. So when he says, be holy, even as I am holy, 
Be holy in all that you do, all that you do that is possible. And the reason I say that is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, His divine power has given me everything I need to be holy, to be godly, to be righteous, to be pure, to, to go through a day without sin. The bottom line is this. If you're a born-again believer, if you have placed your faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary on your behalf, you are a child of God, and you do belong to Him. When you choose to conform to the world's way of thinking, when you choose to conform to the world's way of doing things, God's Word is clear. You are committing spiritual adultery. Now, that's powerful. So don't take my word for it. James chapter 4, verse 4 asks this question. Listen, watch this now. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God, James 4.4. You may recall, and be honest with you, I, I don't remember which episode it is, um, but there was, a, there was a podcast, an episode, where we talked about Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And I've already quoted the verse to you once in this episode. But the Matthew 6.24, <clears throat> Jesus says, No man can serve two masters. Either he's going to love the one and hate the other, or he's going to be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both. And in the earlier podcast that I'm referring to, we gave a visual illustration. If you remember, I had my hand sticking out to either side, my left hand sticking straight out to the left, all the way out, and my right hand sticking straight out to the right, all the way out, as if I were hanging on a cross with my palms up. And we had you imagine that King Me was sitting in, the, in my left palm and God in, in my right palm. And if I turn my head to the left, I'm looking at King Me. I'm loving King Me. But by virtue of the fact that I have turned to the left, I have also automatically turned away from the right. I've turned my back on God. Friendship with the world, putting King Me on the throne of my heart is hatred toward God. Anyone, James 4, 4, who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So I must ask this question. What choices are you making today? What choices will you make from this point forward? Who is sitting on the throne of your heart and why? <laughs> you don't know how much I want to keep going here. There is so much more I want to unpack and share with you. And I promise we're going to dive into this. We're going to keep continue to, to do our deep dive into Romans 12 too, but not until next week's episode. You see, I know if I keep going with my next powerful point, it's going to take more time than this episode can afford. I have tried to very carefully craft each episode to be within a 15 to 25 minute time frame. And I don't want to, I, I respect your time and I appreciate you listening. So I, I would more than likely far exceed those parameters if I kept going today. So be sure to come back next week and listen to our 71st episode, which we're going to entitle Mental Metamorphosis. How do I transform the way I think? Well, if you'd like to learn more about this topic, let me encourage you to do two things. First of all, 
go to Amazon.com and do a search for my book called Extreme Mind Makeover, How to Transform Your Sinful Thoughts and Habits. Again, the title's Extreme Mind Makeover, How to Transform Sinful Thoughts and Habits. Much of what you've heard in today's podcast, in fact, what you've much of what you've heard in the last six, seven, eight, maybe even dozen podcasts have come at least directly or inspired by this book, Extreme Mind Makeover. So again, the title is Extreme Mind Makeover, How to Transform Sinful Thoughts and Patterns, and it's available on Amazon.com. The, the, the second thing that I want to encourage you to do, if you have not done so yet, is to go to your app store, search for My Purity Coach, and download my free app. Did I say the app is free? Oh, and by the way, the app is free, and it's chock full of all kinds of helps and resources to guide you on the journey of walking by the Spirit and living a life of integrity and purity and godliness. There's scripture uh, verses, there's verses to memorize, there's videos, there's audio clips, there's there's all kinds of resources. In fact, we've just recently added the op- opportunity to watch The Chosen off of our app. Um, so if you've not yet downloaded that app, please be sure and do so. And if you've not yet subscribed to this podcast, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. We've got some real doozies coming up, some great time in the Word of God together. Well, until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking.